0: welcome back to emmaism a philosophy podcast for students of philosophy because that really is what we all are seekers of knowledge happy thursday guys um this podcast is gonna be a little bit different because um i'm just gonna be repurposing one of my old works from a class i did this um first semester um i'll be taking you through like the story um of Philoctetes, um and then a theme i observed throughout the tale because i think it's really relevant in navigating our everyday lives here and now um so it's worth talking about and it's helpful having a historical or you know philosophical text um to ground us um and that's philtese sophocles our boy sophocles it's an ancient greek text but um very relevant today it just shows the timeless struggle that humans endure just for being human um but the story starts out with the world renowned odysseus um hello the odysseus um but he's he's you know, very prevalent in Ajax, all of Sophocles work um and obviously the Odyssey, but we know him he's odysseus world renowned Odysseus, and there's also a fellow soldier um Neoptolemus um and they arrive on like a certain island. This is the same island um that a great soldier who tried to be defiant of the gods and was abandoned by his army for nine years prior on this island um why was he abandoned why why is he on this island um well he stepped into a goddess's shrine at a stop on the way to the war and a snake bit his foot um because he was too daring and he didn't define he didn't follow divine orders so that's what happens you just you gotta follow him um but his foot is in Terrible shape. It's he's in such pain, and it's like a horrendous inconvenience to the other Trojan War soldiers. Um, so they left him on an island, and um, you know that's where he is. That's where he's been for the past nine years. But it's no coincidence that Odysseus and Neoptolemus are here. It's because he has a bow, a magical bow. um, But beside that, the the wound is just massively disgusting. Um, they like go on for, uh, for a ton, in the tale, but um. Yeah, he's just been left alone there for years and years and years um Odysseus in the army that originally abandoned Philoctetes wants Philoctetes magical bow like I mentioned um because they need it to win the war at hand talk about a friend of utility um but Odysseus decided that he wants Neoptolemus to prove he's loyal to the Greek army and wants him to trick Philoctetes into giving him the bow um instead of you know asking Philoctetes politely but you know given that Odysseus did abandon him on this island, maybe that's not the best game plan. Um, but over the rest of the plot, um, Philoctetes just like agonizes over how much pain he's in, and Neoptolemus feels bad for tricking him and for making him believe that they're truly friends and that he wants to help him, that he will hold his bow, in fact. Um, but yeah, Neoptolemus like, still wants to prove he's um, loyal to the Greek army and to his superior Odysseus, so he has to seal the bow somehow. Um there's this elaborate plot with you know people who are pretending to be merchants and stuff and whatever but there's this whole deal where like Philoctetes begs neoptolemus to not leave the island without him um which is like kind of ironic because then like later in the plot he's like actually i'm not coming with you but we'll get to that later um but it's, it's integral that they get this bobies again a prophet told them that that's what they need to win the trojan war um, eventually, Neoptolemus takes the bow from Philoctetes, you know, without his permission, tricks him, and gets on the ship with Odysseus, um, but he has a major guilt trip, and he brings the boat back, um, to Philoctetes, um, Neoptolemus, about time that his conscious clock, um, (laughs) <laughs> like clocks in, right? You know, his conscience was taking a nap. Um but obviously Philctetes is mad. Um he's very upset. So he almost shoots his bow at Neoptolemus, but by the divine intervention, Heracles comes down and bears a message from Zeus saying that Philoctetes will be cured of his wound and that the Trojan War will be over if he just goes with Odysseus. So he does the end. Kinda of a weird story. Kinda of like all over the place too. But what I'm gonna be talking about is the theme of suffering and how Philctes endured a painful, unending, throbbing and stabbing pain for nine years alone. Suffering is the ultimate present moment here. Um the present exists and is occurring now. Let me just tell you that. I'm sure you knew it, but yeah, it goes without saying. Living in the present is difficult. Since we're normally defining ourselves by historically by our past, when we're not projecting into our future. However, when humans reach a tough time of suffering, it's difficult for them to extract themselves from the present and visualize what great things potentially lie in the future. It's kind of like when you like spill your coffee in the morning and sh- your whole day's ruined. But then you forget that later that day, ha- like there's the potential for greatness because you have an amazing chicken parmesan meal after closing like a multi million dollar business still that night. And then the moment of suffering without caffeine, it's not as significant because like it's just a small little moment that feels like forever because you know, caffeine. Does stuff to you. So it just feels like forever, but then later that day, it's just the best time ever, and you're really enjoying just living life. Um, but yeah, it's, it's difficult to endure suffering because the constant pain and suffering tethers people to the present and captures their attention while they wait for it to cease. This failure to move past the struggle, which is the present, to the destination, that is the future, leads to the unraveling of a person's character. Then it becomes nearly impossible to move to a more prosperous state. Sophocles Philictides reveals that same human struggle of suffering and its impact on our interactions with others. Philictides' experiences and actions show that suffering is a natural part of the human experience. And we know that, and we suffer every day. But um, because we're temporal and imperfect beings, we often fail to get past our suffering to visualize our future. Um, this all to suggest that suffering is the ultimate present moment. We, sh- you know, it happens all the time, we fail to see past it, and then when we get past it, we look back and say, wow, we suffered greatly but we got past it um but unfortunately in philicty's case and all of our cases really deception is an unfortunate result of suffering um it can just be a consequence that someone else you know, puts on you just because you're suffering and you're you're being taken advantage of because you're just, you're in the ultimate present moment. When an individual is deceived, they're blinded in a way. They're stripped of their right to exercise their judgment clearly. Philoctetes is more susceptible to being deceived by Neoptolemus because he is suffering. Um, so we know at one point, Philoctetes was deceived by Neoptolemus for the bow. To understand why he was deceived, we need to absolutely recognize his conditions. This is the first step in conquering the phenomenon of suffering being the ultimate present moment. Where was he? What was he doing? What were the conditions? Well, Philoctetes was on a barren, deserted island for nine years, if I didn't get that across earlier. We get that across now. So not only is there Philoctetes' internal struggle going on because he's totally isolated and, like, lonely in his head, but there's also, like, an external suffering of his surroundings since, like, it's a barren island. Um, (laughs) Philoctetes had, like, no human contact because, like, the guys who would wind up on the island were kind of, like, repulsed by his wound. Um, And, in fact, this lack of human connection was a huge toll on the poor guy. Um Throughout the play, Philoctetes never mentions his suffering without his loneliness. When Neoptolemus encounters Philoctetes for the first time, Philoctetes says, "I have been alone and very wretched, without friend or comrade, suffering a great deal. Take pity on me, speak to me if needed. you come as friends um that's That's right from the um play. 226 to 229, if you want to find it, um, he associates his pain with his loneliness in light of a stranger approaching him, um, so he sees this guy, and he's like, come on, friend, 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 um, but Philoxes expresses his desire for pity, um, for that suffering that's consuming him, and all he sees before him is more pain, more agony, rather than an abundant health and joyous life, um, the suffering that he endured for the past nine years is blinding him from seeing a resolution. It takes strength of character and ownership to get past pain and long endured suffering. Amen to that. Um, <laughs> when Philoctetes expresses that he's being eaten up by his suffering, we see that when an individual gets to a point where suffering is consuming their being, then it's nearly impossible to take back ownership of their mindset. Emotions are strong, and humans oftentimes let those feelings guide them through different experiences in life. Um, rather, you know, than reason. For Verlue pain consumes his other emotions and other, like, human functions. Um, his reasoning is impaired because he's, like, emotionally starving for help of any kind. Um, he's just kind of in this, like, state of just, like, help me and just, like, feel bad for me. Um, but his unregulated, like, openness for any human connection leads to his eventual deception. He's just, he's too open. Um The physical agony of flut's foot adds to the weight of the mental um and like surrounding suffering um that he endures. A natural part of like human life is being hurt um we We can't really avoid that um like like we see three year olds just running like crazy on the like, playground and they fall and they get like turf burn, but you know that's not gonna have, like Hinder them from running again when they're like twelve or something. You know, it might it might be might take them out for a few days, but you know, we don't really let that inhibit our mental state generally. Um, Or uh, well, to be successful and to overcome and progress, we can't let that physical pain inhibit our mental state. Um, Generally, society attempts to avoid having pain and suffering but when an individual's already in like a state of suffering then excess pain just adds on with no opposition to the sufferer um that's why you know sometimes we see um people who break their leg tragically and they just they get very sad because of it because there's just there's no opposition from the sufferer just more pain and more agony because that's just the brain flipped the switch. Um, if Philoctetes' mental state was not prone enough to deception, it's the agony of his wounded foot that ultimately led him to being deceived by Neoptolemus. Just after they met, actually, um, when Neoptolemus tells Philoctetes that he was able to take him home, and this was just like a ploy of the deception, obviously, um, Philoctetes, he's so happy. He exclaims like, oh, you've bound me to your friendship. Um, And this proclamation like kind of demonstrates that he's already being deceived, um, just as Neoptolemus lies to him lying this is a whole other thing lying is something that takes away the right of an individual to reason well regarding a statement this is super profound when an individual does not tell you the truth point blank then you yourself have lost the ability to factually and wholly reason through their words to come up with a reaction solution and then a response back this lying dehumanizes Philoctetes as he's trying, he's acting, not trying, he's trying to act, um, to a supposed reality and not the truth. Once this false trust is built between the guys, um, when, like, Philoctetes gets that surge of pain, he is like, guard my bow, Neoptolemus, and he is he, he so eager to make a friend that he gave off his most prized possession, his magical bow, when he was dealing with this excruciating pain that made him extremely vulnerable, um, his decision to enter trust is only because his pain is blinding him from the truth, and you know, like the lies of Neoptolemus are also blinding him from the truth. But it's natural for humans to yearn for friendship, to belong in a community. For someone like Philoctetes, who was deprived of human connection for about nine years, his like mental and physical suffering exposed his weaknesses and allowed him to be deceived by someone who was offering and promising friendship. Um, later, though, when Philoctetes realizes that neoptolemus bamboozled him um he tells him like he robbed him of his life taking his bow and when an individual um associates their character with um their their, yeah their character of their life with an object they separate their being that individual no longer is governed by reason but rather emotion this is a symptom of viewing suffering as the ultimate present moment pain and suffering allowed um Philectes to disassociate himself from his pain and reassociate himself with the greatest weapon that he's famous for. He outsourced his character. Um why define yourselves with the very elements that make you weak rather than an object that makes you strong, right? Um life is very linked to his pain and it was by constraint and trickery that led him to his undoing. The constraint he's referring to is the suffering pain because Neoptolemus' supposed friendship is the trickery. Um TV feels wrong, and he wallows in his self-pity. And um, that's what weakens his character so that he is deceived, um, and they. that's what characterizes his ultimate present moment. Um, though individuals who are suffering are consumed by the present, they are able to escape to see the greater picture. Sometimes time is the greatest healer. Um, we know that, Um by being human and making mistakes, but other times an intervention is kind of needed to shift the path um but after um being deceived, Philtes obviously refuses to go with the Greeks um even though it's evident that if he chooses to go it will result in his healing um he, you know he he just says no um. But um, he's acting to a supposed reality and needs the intervention to realize he's going to be okay and healthy once more. Suffering is not the ultimate present moment, and he just needs help to see that, just like all of us, you sometimes do. Um, Neoptolemus is obviously like frustrated by this, and he articulates that like men that cling willingly to their sufferings, as Philoctetes does, um, no one is going to forgive them or pity them. Um, he says that um, Philoctetes' anger made a savage out of him, which is totally like valid. Um when I was reading Philip I was like, wow, this guy, I have no sympathy anymore. It's just getting annoying at this point. I get that your foot hurts. Just go with the Greek guys and they're going to help you. But obviously I can't say that to a character in a play <laughs> written by Sophocles, but <laughs> anyways, um yeah, he's unwilling to respond to the Greek army and the pursuit of health and glory. Um, because he's known nothing else but pain for the past decade. Lo and behold, um, it is only by divine intervention from Heracles that Philoctetes is able to take ownership and see the truth. Um, Heracles comes down from the sky. Heracles was an old friend of Philoctetes. He's a god, too, and he's able to sympathize and persuade him, um, that he must go to Troy, and the great glory awaits, and he will be okay. Um, Heracles reveals the idea to Philoctetes that with suffering comes eventually glory um glory elaborating Heracles like kind of continues with um like holiness doesn't die with the men that die whether they die or live it can't perish so it's kind of like a win-win situation here so I guess uh Philoctetes you know likes this divine guarantee that seems to be enough for him to understand that he must go to Troy and take on the enemies with his bow. Um, but there's like a suggestion of mutual dependency between Philoctetes and the Greeks, which is like kind of shown through Heracles intervention, because there needs to be like a third party mediating um, between someone who can't see the truth and someone who can see the truth, but, you know, lied at the point, you know, it's it's a little bit whatever but they needed a mediator that's that's my point um he was philoctetes was at the point where his own reason couldn't sway his um judgment because he was so consumed by his suffering and he needed that divine intervention to finally like take back his humanity and leave his pain behind um but bottom line is here life is full of pain and suffering it happens every day. individuals that are met with these like painful challenges often get overwhelmed and are feeling chained down by the weight of their pain and the baggage from dealing with that pain. Most of the sufferers though are stuck in the feeling of suffering, moreover, like the pain consumes their like surrounding and their physical and their mental states. Um, like, depicts this, like, societal habit through his actions and experiences in the play. Um, this kind of just shows that, like, yeah, this is, like, a Sophocles, like, play written so, so long ago. But it is timeless advice, and it's just a timeless experience because it happens to all of us. Um, like, deception and, like, subsequent, like, wallowing in self-pity are a direct result from suffering being his ultimate present moment. And perhaps it is only by divine intervention that we're able to get out of these ruts. Um, but it is a fact that we do indeed need to persevere. And it's just another part, normal part of life. You have to get past the suffering. Suffering is not the eternal present moment. It is just a temporal piece of time. And it's just a blip in you know the historical continuum. So that's kind of my point here um that's all i have for today's msm podcast i hope you all enjoyed and we'll be back next time for a new exploration until then keep searching for the truth